Govan. We, we knew about Matt McClung from all the YouTube videos, but uh, how about James Akinjo and what he did for you guys tonight? Well, James Akinjo is, is a player that we love. We loved him. Uh, that's why we went and got him. You know, both he and Mac are going to be our backcourt for the future, and he showed some nut, uh, some cojones <laughs> <laughs> today. <laughs> Thankfully, for Hoya fans, James Hollywood Akinjo has decided to gracefully flip the bird to No Nut November. Holla freaking Lula! With that is the opening intro to our first ever podcast, which is called Title on Progress. My name is Dan Baldwin, here with my partner in crime, Carter Owen. How's everything going today, Carter? I'm good, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be your first guest. Oh, Carter, what are you talking about? You're a co-host, man. You're not a guest. Wait, fuck, really? Yeah, really. Oh, God. Get hyped. Okay. I know, I didn't prepare. Oh, well, uh, that's going to be brutal. See, yeah. Our numbers are going to take a hit in the first time. All right, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is uh, a podcast designed, uh, Dan's brainchild, to talk about all things Hoya basketball. Absolutely. We're here, just two authentic Georgetown Hoya fans, myself being a senior in the McDonough School of Business, Carter being a junior. Fun fact, both of us went to Regis High School, had the same exact birthday on October 2nd, and are each painful Nick and Georgetown Hoya fans. Yeah. Another fun fact is I'm much better than him at basketball. Oh, that's a... That's a bit of a... Yeah, it's, that's a... That's <laughs> don't, even, don't even fucking try to stretch that shit. Come on. That, that's a fact, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, here, we're just here to talk about Georgetown basketball in a fun, meaningful, authentic way that we don't think is here on campus yet. Yeah, we hope to be the voice for the real uh, agonizing fans of Hoya basketball. Um, and I think for our first episode, it's a great timing, given the uh, thrilling win that uh, the Hoyas just had over Illinois last week. Yeah, absolutely. So for today, we're looking to break down our uh, 3-0 start. Definitely a better start than most people would have predicted, given that we have a very young roster mm -hmm. and two freshmen manning the backcourt. So we're going to break down our first three wins, especially the win over Illinois, how the freshmen have progressed, what's going on with Jamarco Pickett and his defense, Jesse Govan's place on the team, our bench, and looking forward to the Jamaica Classic, which starts off tonight against Loyola Marymount. Let's do it. Absolutely. Let's get to it. Carter. That song sucks so much. Thankfully. I, I, I think, honestly, this might be the biggest reason that the Hoyas are 3-0. The fact that they stopped playing that song before every single home game. Yeah, I don't even think we need to do anything else with the podcast. <laughs> we just gotta make sure they don't play that anymore we'll be going defeated. Yeah, thankfully they switched over to Sicko Mode by Travis Scott and the Six God, Carter's favorite rapper of all time, that's Drake. So, that's, what, what's with this? <laughs> the hot takes are supposed to be basketball related. Exactly, exactly. With that, we'll turn to basketball. As most of you know, this past Tuesday night, Georgetown traveled to Illinois to take on the Fighting Illini, who got off to a hot 1-0 start basically dismantling Evansville in their first game. Mm -hmm. And their backcourt is manned by top 40 recruit Ayo Desumo. Fun fact about him is that Patrick Ewing actually recruited him to be on this roster. He spurned Ewing for the Fighting Illini. 
but they were actually missing arguably their best player in Trent Frazier, who was mm-hmm. out with a concussion, which played a huge role into Georgetown's freshman James Hollywood Akincho and Big Mac McClung having a huge game against them. What were your initial reactions to their, their breakout performance, Carter? I mean, to be honest, I was freaking nervous the whole time. I mean, you and I know as longtime Hoya fans that no lead is safe with Georgetown. Um, and the fact that this was such a close game and we were able to pull out the win, especially on the back of our freshmen, who uh, we obviously expect some growing pains uh, throughout the season, is a great sign of progress and our potential future. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The biggest thing for me, when we started watching this, the immediate turnovers that Illinois' pressure oh. like generated off of us, mm-hmm. it was wild. It, we couldn't get the ball across half court. Our first possession, Mac got trapped in the corner, tried to force a, a pass across court that was picked yeah. off immediately. Things looked like they were gonna, about to get out of hand incredibly fast. What? How did the Hoyas basically stave off that er, that early like nervous energy that they I had? I think, well... I mean, to your point, when I'm watching it and I see four turnovers in the first two and a half minutes and a quick 10-3 start by Illinois, I'm nervous. Especially <laughs> because we know very well that, you know, outside of Mac and James, the Hoyas don't really have any reliable ball handlers. So we knew if they were struggling with the pressure, then who was going to be able to fix things? Um, I think what happened well was a very good, uh, very thankful uh, use of the under-16 timeout, <laughs> which allowed Coach Ewing to settle everyone down. Um, and I think what we started to do is run uh, more like back screens for Jamarco in the corner um, and eventually Javon Blair when mm-hmm. he came into the game um, and encouraged Mac and James to dish instead of try to score when they got in the paint. That's a really interesting observation you made because in the first two games we saw Mac and James kind of get tunnel vision when they took the ball or the hoop and looking to finish over bigger defenders and as most Hoya fans know that they aren't the biggest guards in college basketball James only six feet tall and Mac standing at six foot two I mean you're you're taller than James yeah we're saying that's on a good day too I mean Mac (laughs) lives in my tower and I he's maybe got an inch on me and like I like to say that I'm six one (laughs) we all know that's not true that's like me (laughs) saying I like to say I'm five nine <laughs> so now you have a picture for you know what the podcast looks like. <laughs> Makes sense that I'm better than him at that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're right though. In the first two games, I mean, James was two for eight and two for ten against far worse competition, and Mac was four for ten and two for ten, if mm-hmm. I'm mistaken. And yeah. neither of them had even hit a three. Uh, Mac still hasn't, but you know that's another work in progress. Uh, yeah. But I think you're right. I wonder if that's coaching or you know also a combination of uh, their own development as players. Yeah, I definitely eyes. think it has coaching to do with it because in Ewing's postgame presser, when he was asked about Mac's performance in particular, the first thing that he noted in his uh, presser was that yeah. Ma- like Mac's pass to Greg in the corner down the stretch of the game when he went in and hooked the ball around. He said yeah. in the first two games, Mac would have put that up, had it blocked, and the ball would have been going the other way. Yeah. But literally in his third game, you can see the progress and the development in his game that's resulting in him keeping his head up and looking to make the right basketball play rather than just, you know, try to put it up because he has that tunnel vision. He has that, like, I got to do everything myself the way he had to basically when he played for Gate City. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Mac's experience with playing high-level basketball is a lot more limited than most D1 players. So I think with him, it's going to take a little time for him to realize that you know, he can't score over everyone, mm-hmm. uh, partially by his own size, but also just partially because of, like, how physical college basketball is, especially Big East basketball when that starts. Um, so it's it's great that they realized it against a good team. Um, we've both noted also that they're 
they kind of have that like that inner dog in them and a yes. feel for the game that for, allows them to step up when the moment's brightest. Uh, and I think we definitely saw that against Illinois. Oh, we saw that with Hollywood and Kinjo for sure. It's not, not going to catch on. <laughs> I love calling him Hollywood. I mean, he's from Oakland, California. He yeah, played not for... close to Hollywood. No, dude. it's not. But let me tell you something. He's got a Hollywood feel to his game. He's got that assassin mentality. Let me tell you something, he Carter. He hasn't missed a free throw yet. No, he hasn't. So, Coach Yo, that has to, has to make where's, Coach Young happy. Where's the one in the room? Yeah, knock yeah. on that. It was weird for us, especially watching the way that James closed out back-to-back games, really, against Central Connecticut State and yeah. Illinois. Usually, we're used to our guards getting fouled, going up to the free throw line, yeah. and having difficulty in the crunch time, basically, yeah, yeah. to consistently hit free throws, throwing the... Uh, Throwing the um, ball back to that Maryland game when you were a freshman, oh, I was dude. a sophomore. I got a I got a Snapchat from Aaron the other day. Aaron's one of my roommates, and he uh, it was like two year, the two year anniversary of that game. And <laughs> I fucking had flashbacks, man, and just it like put me in such a bad mood for oh, thirty minutes. Bro, let me tell you something. I, I remember broadcasting that game because we had a great game to start out. We dismantled. The team that we were playing, it might have been Eastern. Sh- oh, oh it, yes, you're right. It was, it was Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Rodney Pryor days. Yes, he, he had his first like nine shots or something. Yep, he scored about thirty points that game. And I remember after we blew that game, I said on like live radio, I said, "I said I think I'm gonna be fucking sick." <laughs> <laughs> and he's still here, guys. Yeah, look at that. You can curse on air and keep your job. Yeah, I mean it's it's much easier when nobody's listening except your mother. <laughs> Probably got an angry text after. Dan, I didn't raise you to be this person. Oh, yeah. My little Irish Catholic boy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Regis High School, that's what will do you. Yeah. But yeah. all joking aside. You need some sailor mouth. Let me tell you something. James Akinjo, what I loved about that kid is when he hit that quote-unquote game ceiling and one oh, split it the defense. It was a dagger, man. That it was, was a dagger. Bro, but sick. everybody huddled around him. He stood up. Just walked to the free throw yeah. line. Yeah, that's his how expression I, didn't even change. That's how I knew he was going to make the free throw. Yeah, he didn't. He's he acts like he's been there before. And in high school, when he uh, most people don't know this, but James was actually his AAU team won the 2017 Peach Jam tournament, which is one of the most like highly decorated tournaments in America when it comes to AAU teams. He was the MVP of the 2017 tournament. And fun fact, Carter, the 2016 co MVPs. Two guys named uh, Trey Young and Michael Porter Jr. and they beat uh, a guy named Mo Bamba in the finals. So, so that some, should tell you something some company, man. And about yet, and yet he James. Was, and yet he was a four star. Yeah, and, and I, mean, he, he, I mean, I'm looking up now. He averaged 19 and seven on uh, in the Peach Jam shooting. Like 40, that's exactly what six percent. That's exactly three. what he had against that's Illinois. Literally what he had against Illinois. It's and crazy. I remember during the Peach Jam tournament, after he beat PSA Cardinals, which was Mo Bamba's old team. Their coach came out and said, they were like, that little point guard absolutely killed us. Absolutely killed us. They interviewed him, and he was like, I think I'm being a little bit overlooked, but quite frankly, I'm working on my leadership skills right now. I want to work on having that dog mentality, like you said. And I think having him in a locker room is crucial for Coach Ewing in the sense he's trying to rebuild the culture. And I think that is so crucial when you're rebuilding a team that has gotten almost used to losing. Yeah, You need to bring in winners and people who aren't going to accept anything less than a number going up in the W column. Yeah, I think especially given that this is only Pat's second year, um, you know, one of the one of the most interesting management models that I've learned in my classes at Georgetown is, is 
uh, by a guy named uh, Carl Lewin. And it's called, you know, in order to affect any kind of change, you first have to unfreeze whatever mindset and attitudes an organization has, make the change, and then refreeze it. We kind of see the unfreezing beginning to take place with Georgetown, I think. Um, I agree you know, with that. Not only on, like, a recruiting angle, because, you know, little known fact, Akinjo was originally committed to UConn, decommitted, and then uh, Ewing flew out that same day across the country to see him. And that's a hell of a move by Ewing. Yeah, honestly. Recognizing that that was an opportunity to show James how committed he was to trying to bring him in. Yeah, credit where credit is due. I mean, we already we already see the dividends that that's paying now. Yeah. I mean, Georgetown hasn't had a true point guard since how long would Mark you Starks? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I, I'm not James is going to be better than Starks. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend to know how good Starks was. That's just what everybody <laughs> says. <laughs> I agree with that. I don't but, yeah, um, I mean, he's – Definitely got an upward trajectory. But let's not sleep on, you know, the other guard of our backcourt, um, Mac McClung. Mm-hmm. Hyper-athletic. Gives all of us white boys hope. Exactly. Let me tell you something, though, Carter. A, Mac McClung is helping give Georgetown national recognition. Oh, yeah. Because let me tell you something. The NCAA actually tweeted this out the other day. It was, who would you take in a dunk contest, Zion or Mac? And they showed the, the Zion dunk against Eastern Michigan when he yeah. went, like, a foot above the rim. Bro, that shit was scary. When yeah. I paused it and saw, like, his head, his eyes at the rim, mm-hmm. and then his wingspan. Like, that was some, like, Wilt Chamberlain-level athleticism right there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's not, let's not suck him off anymore, but I would yeah. still take him in the dunk contest. Oh, I, um, <laughs> I think I tweeted out. Give me hashtag Big Mac any day. Mac attack! Mac attack, Hashtag baby. Mac attack. His, I know, his name is so easy to just make puns off yeah, of. Yeah, I know. I know. He was, it, was, uh, it was weird seeing his name as Matthew on like the official broadcast because I forgot that's his real name. It's really? He's, How did he get the nickname he, Mac? I think he's just gone by it since he was like six. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for one, am, am a bit too obsessed with Mac McClung, so I, I would know these type of oh, things. Oh, we 100% but. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the first time Carter saw Mac, he kind of fangirled him a little bit. <laughs> right, right. It was, we had a fire drill, and uh, I, I was holding the door. Uh, I wasn't going to hold the door originally for whoever was walking down the stairs, but then I saw it was him, and I held the door for like 15 seconds really awkwardly. <laughs> um, and, and he knew, I mean, he knew what it was, and I, he was like, appreciate it, bro. And I was like, oh, thank you. I tried to talk to him after, and he wasn't having it. So. That's funny. Hey, shoot your shot. Exactly. But I know we're giving a lot of credit to these two freshmen, but let me tell you something, Carter. If I was Josh LeBlanc, I'd feel a little bit underappreciated right now. That's a fact. Honestly, he's, I, he's my favorite freshman. I, he just he's he already has like the awareness and the basketball IQ of someone way older than he is. I mean, mm-hmm. his birthday was like uh, like four days ago, and he turned nineteen. I'm um, like, for a nineteen year old, his court Bro, feel is feel insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, his court feels insane, and he's so athletic, amazing on defense. Um, what, what did you think of his play? See, the thing that I think about uh, Josh LeBlanc, it's proactive. He is the definition of proactive on both offense yeah. and defense. That's a good word. SAT word. SAT word of the day, baby. Proactive. <laughs> Josh LeBlanc. Yeah. Prime example. That's a shout out to our high school gym coach right there. Um, <laughs> But Josh is someone, when you look at his eyes, he's so intense and he's someone who off the bench is, uh, quite frankly, should be starting this game tonight, I think. Mm-hmm. He's really Same. going to, um, he's really going to come in and give you 120% when he's playing. Yeah. He's going to work to out-hustle his opponent, out-bruise his opponent, and quite frankly, 
humiliate this opponent, as you saw by that putback oh, duck. That was amazing. I think that was on IO too. It was. It's a little, little bit of a fuck you to someone. Yes. <laughs> He this went what up you get for not choosing George Stout. Yeah, <laughs> and I think he, the, the kid is incredibly, incredibly efficient, too, from the field. He was 7 yeah. of 9, had a ton of rebounds. He's making his free throws, too, and I, I even saw on the uh, the Hoyas Instagram page, he was stroking threes in practice, which is, I mean, uh, an amazingly welcome sight, because the last thing you want to see is, is Trey Morning taking a shot from distance. <laughs> <laughs> Trey's a great guy, All too, but to Trey, yeah. let me tell you, he's a smart basketball player, and he came up huge down the stretch. He didn't have a great game against Illinois. Trey had five turnovers, but let me tell you something. LeBlanc played 21 minutes, 7 of 9 from the field, 7 boards, a steal, 2 blocks, 14 points, and guess what? Only 2 turnovers. Wow. He's, yeah, he's currently shooting uh, 80% from the field. <laughs> so. Let's, he's obviously going to keep that up. When do you uh, think <laughs> he should jump into the starting lineup? I hopefully uh, as soon as possible, like you said before. I mean, the teams that we're playing, at least until we uh, play SMU on December 5th, I think, uh, won't be as good as Illinois. So in my opinion, that means that we should just play him there to allow him to go through whatever uh, growth and development he needs to within games that we can afford you know, him to make a couple mistakes and still win. Yeah, I you agree. Know, thankfully, but... someone we haven't talked about yet is still on the team. Big old Jesse Govan, man in, the, man in the middle. Absolutely. Jesse is one of those guys who have all the hype in the world coming around him, coming into the season. He was unanimously picked to be all Big East preseason first team. Yeah. Um, in honor that, I thought he was really going to make the jump last year. I wrote an article um, for La Jolla regarding him being like the crucial piece to Ewing's first year. Oh, yeah, you wrote his profile. Yeah, um, and honestly, Jesse's had a bit of an up-and-down start to this season, in my opinion. Yeah. Against um, UMES, I thought that he was kind of in and out of the game. There were, yeah. At times, he dominated. Yeah, and I that, remember there was, there was one stretch where uh, he had like a little jump hook, mm-hmm. uh, block, yep. and then he hit a three. Trailing three, yeah. This was, like, right when they had cut it to 12, too. So it was a little bit of, like, a reminder, I think, of how easily he can take over games. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't think he's, to be honest, it, it might be a victim of just the, the more talent the team has, but he, he doesn't seem as, um, he doesn't, he's not, like, embracing that, you know, alpha, you know, top option mentality as much as he was last year at the beginning yeah. of the season. And it's interesting, too, because I think Jesse is really coming to the realization. I think Coach Ewing has a lot to do with this as well. Jesse's name is out there now. Yeah. He dominated like he dominated mid-major teams last year, struggled in the talent jump to Big East at first, but at, towards the end of the year, yeah, he, came on. he really came on strong. In, that, in our Big East loss to St. John's, he dominated. Yeah. Dominated even, in even Madison in our, Square Garden. Even in, our, even in the win against St. John's early in the year, he had the game-winning three. Yeah. So the talent is there, and Barstool Riggs, he's my, he's personally my favorite college basketball Yeah, uh, talks about analyst. him a little too much. He's, Dan, <laughs> he's Dan's Mac McClellan. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love this guy. Love him. Title game still in work, but I love the guy. He tweeted out. He said um, in response to that game, he's like, this Georgetown team is good. They got a star in Govan. And now these freshmen, are you kidding me? They're yeah. going to be a fun team to watch. They are. It's 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 really refreshing, man. I and mean, Jesse for the year is, is averaging like a cool 17 and 7, shooting <laughs> 70% from the field. So, I mean, I think we're maybe. Cool. Be, yeah, yeah. I think we're being a little critical about his performance. He hasn't had a turnover yet either. 
Wow. Which is actually kind of ridiculous. That actually is. That's a wild stat. Yeah, Let me tell you something, though, Carter. That's crazy. Like, I think the Illinois game, the more and more I watch tape on it, was more of a byproduct of Brad Underwood's um, planning and game plan. I think he really worked to ensure that if they were going to lose, the freshmen were going to have to beat them. Yeah. They took away Jesse as the primary like target so effectively against Georgetown. Like thankfully, it didn't matter. And and Akinjo, McClung, LeBlanc, yeah. and even Javon Blair. The couple big threes. Yeah, they stepped up in a big way to help Georgetown outman and really out hustle Illinois and get yeah. a dub. But I think Jesse's showing a lot of maturity in the sense that he's taking what the defense is giving him. Yeah. Yeah. He's not trying to force things, and I think yeah. that's reflected in the zero turnovers per game stat so far. That's really true, and also the high field goal percentage. I don't think Jesse's the guy in general to. I don't think he has the personality of like a Mac or an Akinjo, mm-hmm. where he's just going to demand the ball and like if we win, it's going to be me. Uh, which I think is a really interesting concept to have as a senior. Um, I wonder if any of that's intentional, especially to give the freshmen as many opportunities as they can to yeah. like. Make mistakes, learn from them, but then also succeed, like you saw against mm-hmm. Illinois. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'll reestablish himself when he needs to. Yeah, I'm looking for Jesse to have a big game tonight um, against uh, LMU. They have a. It's going to be a fun matchup. When we get, we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but if there's one player I do want to touch on a little bit, it's Jamarco Pickett. Yeah. Jamarco is one of those players who got named unanimously to the all-freshman team of the East last year, mm-hmm. along with Javon Blair. He figured to be one of the most crucial players going into this season, yeah. and he's kind of been quiet in the sense, other than the game against CCSU when he came up huge from downtown. Yeah, but I played think that's great been, defense in that game. He did. Too. I think that's. I think that game has been kind of emblematic of his offense so far this season, where he's been pretty much just an outside threat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thankfully, it's been working. He's shooting 60% from three and 63% from the field, but he's averaging fewer points than last year. And also playing way fewer minutes. Yeah. I think partially is that, you know, that's because of foul trouble. Um, I know against Illinois, he only played 15 minutes because he, he got off to a hot start, but then racked up, like, three fouls in the first half, had a stupid tech, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, was just making some youthful mistakes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think talent-wise, he's our X factor. You know, if we want to make a run at the tournament, um, which we you know have to get to by doing well in the Big East play, um, he has the experience and obviously the ability to help us a lot. Yeah, I agree with that a lot, Carter. Um, I do want to talk about that tech for a quick minute <laughs> because he was a key player that helped get us past that initial hump yeah. against Illinois. He hit that three to kind of stem the tide a little bit. The crowd was into it. We were turning the ball over like it was our job. And James had a nice feed to Jamarco, and he knocked down a cor- uh, uh, wing three. And then he looked like freaking Giannis Antetokounmpo, bringing <laughs> the ball up the court, yeah. behind the back, finishing After, an unbelievable he, like, he absorbed, play. He absorbed contact there. Yeah, too. he showed off gained, like the yeah the muscle mass yeah, he that he gained. Fifteen pounds from last year. But um, then the T. Shut your mouth. I know. Why I are you know. talking smack? You're still <laughs> losing. <laughs> yeah, dude, the text he sent me was hilarious because. Um, just for the record, I know it's hard to talk about a text in person, but Dan and I are talking about the game. This is before I go over to his place to watch it, and he sends me in with about five exclamation points. Shut your fucking mouth! I'm like, wait, wait, bro, what did I say? I obviously pissed Dan off. You know, he's telling me to shut up. Should I not come over now? Like, what's good? Um, and then once I got there, I was like, Dan, why, why aren't you, like, super pissed at me? He's like, nah, dude, it's Jamarco. Oh, my God. Thank God. Yeah. 
That that game was so emblematic of uh, Carter and I's relationship when it comes to <laughs> Georgetown basketball. Yeah. He comes over, and all we have to watch the game on, because I don't have an HDMI cord and my laptop doesn't hook up to one, is we're watching it on my little surface, huddled around it on the couch. <laughs> drinking having, tea. <laughs> drinking, yeah, drinking lemon tea on a Tuesday night. Screaming our faces off. I think, I remember when Mac McClung had that steal and dunk. We had Yo. the exact same reaction. Yo, oh my <laughs> god, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the exact like, same hand movement, facial expression. Our high fives. We like, <laughs> could have punched each other. It was so hard, yeah. And it was so funny because everybody was like, oh, it was a good win, and you and I were jumping out of Holy our shit. skin. I had a midterm the next day that I chose not to study for. For, uh, <laughs> stay in stool, kids. Uh, st- stool, Jesus. Yikes. Um, <laughs> first episode will happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just totally didn't study. So worth it. Uh, so you got to take these small victories, especially uh, given the way Georgetown has broken our heart in the recent past. Um, but yeah, back to Jamarco. I think that, you know, originally, besides Jesse, he was our most, you know, NBA. Re- not ready, but, you know, NBA likely prospect. Uh, mm-hmm. Just with the way he's built, he has this kind of, like, um, you could say KD, you could say, I say Brandon Ingram in terms of his build and his uh, ability. Um, but it's interesting now to see, you know, him at least becoming our, our three-point specialist in a weird way. Uh, because, you know, Mac and James haven't really adjusted to the line yet. And Jesse can shoot a little bit, but he's not, you know, it's not his game. No. Um, I remember after the Central Connecticut game, uh, where, as you said, he hit, like, three threes in a row uh, to really put the game at rest. Uh, Ewing was asked, like, you know, obviously it's great that he hits these shots, but, like, wouldn't you want him to do more? And Ewing was like, don't worry, he'll, he'll do more. Uh, so it seems like Ewing is, is being, you know, a little hard on him, especially he said last year, uh, or he said, you know, the game against uh, CCSU was the first time he's played defense. That's brutal. I was like, shit, dude, big Pat laying the hammer down. But I, I think that he realizes the potential in Jamarco and is just trying to, you know, fine tune him so that hopefully by the time Big East play rolls around, he's, you know, a real, real contributor for us. He's averaging almost two blocks a game too. Little known fact. Yeah, he's got a his wingspan is honestly crazy. He's stupid man. And he played as you said, defense has been really. He he, he was put on Tyler Cole down the stretch yeah. of. Uh, the Georgetown game against CCSU, and they made their little push with Christian and Cole down the stretch, and he hit some huge threes on the offensive end that really helped put the game away. Yeah, man, it was you know it was a good sight to see. I think the fact that we can win in multiple ways, yeah, we've already shown that. Besides, you know, Jesse having a great game, um, it, it shows that we're far less reliant on our stars than we were last year, which is you know the goal for a good basketball. Oh, absolutely. When you can win in multiple different ways, it makes you so much more dynamic of a threat in uh, in that sense because they can take away your top option the way Illinois did to Jesse, and our freshman showed up. Instead, James Akinjo was basically like to Io, I'm going with you, tick for tat, and I'm going to show the world why yeah. I should have been the top, 30 rec- top yeah. 40 recruit. Yeah, I saw something on Instagram, too, where it was like they played each other and uh some like it might have been either the Peach Jam tournament or some AAU tournament, mm-hmm. um, and like they each had twenty points, like exactly. So it's it's funny how intertwined they are. Yeah. Um, you know, but but Akinjo at least has the leg up for now in terms of performance. Oh. Even though Io did have a great game. Io played great, absolutely. But also Greg Nolanowski had some crucial, crucial minutes down the yeah. stretch. He didn't play a ton in that game. Only ten minutes. Only hit one three, and that was from off the. Uh, Mac pass down yeah, the stretch, yeah. but 
he drew the assignment of Io from like the sixth minute yeah. mark to the two minute mark he and played fantastic Dude, defense. That's what you need out of a you know fourth year senior transfer. I mean, he's probably like 22, 23. Um, we we have a really nice balance of like youthful energy and talent, but like an adult, you know, adult uh, <laughs> elderly's <laughs> upperclassman perspective. Um, See, and experience, like, yeah, you know, like it's kind of a weird level-headedness uh, that counteracts the you know fire of a Kim Jong Un Mac. Yes, especially with Jesse because he's such he's got a cool and calm. It's fire and ice. Yeah, it's nice, man. It definitely makes things uh, far more interesting to watch as a fan. Yeah, um, that that shot by Malinowski was big. He's putting on for white boy shooters everywhere. Oh, of course. <laughs> and let me tell you best. something. I I think the progression of Govan's perimeter defense was evident down the stretch as well. Yeah, he stopped doing that stupid-ass foul that he does. Yeah, in the first game of the season, he picked up two quick fouls on hedging uh, the ball perimeter defender, but this time he used his hedge strategy. His his feet were quicker. He was smarter about it. And he made sure that he never initiated contact. Yeah, he always had. He always came in with his hands up, mm-hmm. or at least his hands above his waist. So if there was contact, he would just put them up right away and, and wouldn't get called for it. There were a couple. There were a couple he got away with, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but that adjustment was nice, you know, because you can't, uh, you know, it seems that he doesn't have the attitude of like complacency, where he's coming in saying like, you know, I already know I'm really good, so I can just do what I've been doing and I'll be fine. Cause yeah. You know, I mean, he did go to a couple NBA workouts last year, but I think the reason he withdrew his name from the draft is because it was obvious he wasn't going to get drafted. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's viewing the senior year as a real chance to boost his uh, chances of playing at the next level, and he seems equally committed as everyone else to improving. No, he should be. He's big. He's six foot ten. He's got a really nice touch on the ball, yeah. especially from outside. He is a devastating trail big man. Yeah. Especially from beyond the arc. Yeah. Man, when he comes from behind with Akinjo's vision, oh, oh it is Pause. brutal. Pause, Dan. Oh, oh yeah. My God. Yeah, when Jesse comes from behind, you love that. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Bro. Come on. That's brutal. But let me tell you something, Carter. <laughs> when he does, like, he's fantastic pulling up from straight away. Yeah. And a, he's kind of, he's increased his ability to shoot. Like, last year, it seemed a lot that he was kind of hamstrung in places where he could shoot threes. It was kind of straight on or bust for Jesse a little bit. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. this year, he's kind of seemed he's to hit. extend his arc a little that's bit. To like the he, corner, he had a huge corner three against yeah, CCSU. Yeah, I was about to say. There was and, a, yeah, he's hit from the wings a little bit this yeah. year, too. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, th- that, was, that was during the stretch where there were, like, eight threes in a row or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, like, a step-back three, too. Yeah. He caught a just step, like, it's very, it's very nice to see him still improving. And he's also down five pounds from last year, which obviously will help with his condition. Yeah. I mean, he's playing now. Uh, I mean, he's played 30 minutes a game so far, but, you know, you can expect that to go up as we play more competition. Yeah, I mean, we did speak earlier about his defense, but I think that was a huge reason why he ended up having to withdraw his name from the draft, because he struggled guarding top talent defensively, especially in the paint and outside in Big East play. Like, he struggled with Angel Delgado of Seton Hall. Um, I mean, Delgado's a beast, but, but obviously his game doesn't really translate towards the NBA as well as Jesse's could. As much as the JBA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Posted up fools. Um, but I get, again, I think he's really committed to working at his discipline on the defensive end. I mean, we're seeing growing pains. He still has a tendency to leave his feet to the yeah. head bake, especially yeah. from the outside. He, I think it's a little bit of him not realizing how big he is. Yeah. You know, even... A lot of his post-up touches are just off of seals. 
And I saw him. It was on the LeBlanc putback dunk. LeBlanc putback dunk. Um, he actually backed down the guy who was guarding. I think it was like the Prince Billy, Georgie, whatever, uh, super Eastern European guy on Illinois, who's about 235. Um, so Jesse, having, you know, an inch and 20 pounds on him, actually backed him down and got like a good look. He missed it, obviously. But that was something I didn't even see a lot from him last year. No, it would just yeah. be, he's bigger, so he'll get a seal. If he doesn't, he'll get pushed out to the high post, face up, and then shoot a jumper. But it's nice to see him, you know, using his size and strength now. Oh, the seal is, like, his most comfortable, like, half-court offensive move. Yeah. You can always tell that he's a little bit reluctant to post up because it's something he's not comfortable with. Yeah, it's just not his game. Um, I mean, and, and, you know, as far as, like, the modern NBA and the modern big man is concerned, it's not an essential skill, but, you know, we're seeing a little bit of a renaissance now with mm-hmm. back-to-the-basket bigs who can also shoot. Yes. He's like, you, if you're defined as a shooting big, you need to be really quick, really mobile, mm-hmm. and I don't think Jesse is enough right now. Yeah. to only be able to, you know, spread the floor because then whenever he has to guard someone out on the perimeter on oh, defense, yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's just something he's going to have to work on, that lateral uh, speed, the quickness of yeah. his feet. And it has to be difficult, man, being six foot ten, like Yeah, I'm not even going <laughs> to try to. I mean, he lives in, like, the you know, area of apartments that I live in, too, and just seeing him walk, I'm like, holy shit. He's like, a big guy. I, I can... I can't even touch my toes. Like, <laughs> he's got, can I. And he's got like 10 inches. Like, oh my God. M- more power to him. He is very athletic. And he's also a great guy, too. Yeah. He's very like, he's very nice. I've spoken to him a couple of times at the game. Uh, I remember one time he had a great game against, um, I want to say it was Creighton. It was the first time. Uh, oh, it was when we beat him after Foster got suspended. Yes. Yeah, we beat him then. And Jesse had a great game. He was a sophomore. And I remember he was walking off the court, and I went over and gave him a high five. I was like, Jesse. He's like, yeah, thanks, my man. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's a nice guy. That's um, dope, yeah. Surprised um, he saw you. Yeah, no. Every <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Bruh. You know that 5'9 is average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, with the hair, I'm 5'10", too. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You got to spike it up. Um, um, but back, I, I'm curious about, you know, if we start to transition into what we expect from the team moving forward. Um, specifically against uh, Loyola, who they play tonight, I believe, uh, when we're recording this. What do you expect, you know, from this kind of evolving dynamic within the team? See, this is this is actually a crucial game for me. And it's not crucial because I think Loyola is an incredible talent. Like, obviously, they're not. Um, they're not bad, though. They, they're 3-0. They have two fantastic players in James Bateman, who's, who scored 27 points um, in his most recent game, destroyed UNLV, who's a decent team. Yeah, yeah. And they have a, uh, I believe he's seven foot, seven foot three, Matthias Markusen from Stockholm, Sweden, two hundred sixty one pounds. Dude, I literally assumed he was Swedish based off the name. I'm happy I got that right. Yeah, you were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's from Sweden. Those are their two best players. Um, but I'm not so concerned fun, about them. I think Jesse will be able to handle this kid. He's big, but Jesse's strong. He's a yeah. big guy, and yeah. he seems to thrive when he uh, gets put against big physical talent. Um, and I'm looking for him to really look to assert his will in this yeah. game. And I'm confident that... Early, too, not just when he needs to. Yeah. I hope that he has a good game. I hope that he really begins to impose his will on this player, because I think he does. He's obviously of a superior skill set. Um, yeah. And I think he's quicker than this guy is, too. Mm-hmm. Um 
He's seven foot three, but I think Jesse's going to be able to utilize his basketball IQ and his foot speed and yeah. his touch around the rim yeah. to kind of beat him a little bit and hopefully get him into foul trouble yeah, early. Yeah, maybe just like run him up and down the floor, honestly, because yeah. you said he's such a good trailer. Yep. Um, maybe you could get out in front of him and get some easy dunks. Uh huh. And yeah, the idea of sorry, the idea of Jesse like facing up and like taking someone off the dribble is like, oh my god, it's <laughs> like a wet dream. Oh yeah, bro, and you can and uh, this Bateman guy. He's fantastic taking the ball to the rim. He's a good finisher around there. So I'm looking for Akinjo to really take this matchup. Uh, I guess he personally, personally is a good He word. takes everything personally, I feel like. That's just who he is. Yeah, he is. I mean, every interview I ever watched of him, it's like he's very big on you know the fact that he's underappreciated, even though he's like probably more okay with it now because he's at Georgetown playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he always talks about the fact that, like, you know, especially coming where he's coming from, in fact, he had like a three-eight in high school and was a top hundred Smart player. kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Mac had a three-eight too. I remember seeing that somewhere in an interview. Good for them. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so look for James to really play some uh, up close and personal defense the way yeah. that he loves to. Oh, yeah. He has that patented in his name. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a bit of a trap game because obviously the three freshmen played well yeah. against Illinois. You it can't. Was, you can't expect that every time. You can't. And the thing is, it's about mentality, Carter. And you and I are big about this. Um, like, Let's get meta. Health, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something. Like, It's human nature to come off a huge win, a road win, quite frankly, which is even more emotional which, than a home win. Yeah, which which honestly, you know, a lot of us, we wouldn't have been surprised if they lost that, oh, especially I, after how they started. I didn't think we were going to win. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that big of a jump from James and Mac. So early. So early, especially yeah. the way they played against both mid-major teams, and it really shows their uh, commitment to growth and development, in my opinion, as well. But back to my uh, earlier point, like, since they are freshmen, they are a little inexperienced, this would be the classic trap trap game, if there is one. Loyola Marymount, not as talented as Illinois. Mm-hmm. In Jamaica, Georgetown's the favorite to win the tournament, the, Jama- the Jamaican Classic. They're the best team there, talent-wise, on paper. Oh, yeah. So it may be human nature for them to come out of the gate a little slow. Feeling themselves yes. and, and just, you know, expect that Illinois is the new norm mm-hmm. rather than a high and a season yes. full of lows. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that even as a fan, too, you got to remain level-headed. Yeah, um, you do. That's, that's definitely going to be a tough task for uh, Coach Ewing. Yeah, and I think Ewing understands that as well. Um, I mean, Coach Ewing has all the experience in the world with heartbreak and, like, highs of winning. Oh, God, yeah, what did Georgetown made the Final Four every year, and they won it once, right? Yeah. Remember they lost to Nova, and then... In 85, the yeah. Michael Jordan shot in 82. Oh, God. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, honestly, that might have... Being a Georgetown fan then, it was probably, it was dope, right? Because they yeah. won a championship, but, like, getting there that many times and only winning one, especially in his NBA career, too. I mean, Jesus. yeah, the guy is like, if anybody he is knows. He's such a symbolic figure of Georgetown and, like, Knicks basketball. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Like, Jordan just got the edge over him every yeah. single every, year. And then the one year it was Hakeem. Yep, uh, Hakeem. Yep, against the Rockets. Man, and that game seven where John Starks was, like, one for 90. Oh, bro. He yeah. couldn't buy a bucket for his life. No. The guy just couldn't get the ball in the And he hoop. kept shooting. Uh, All right, anyway. Shoot or shoot, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need a drink if we keep talking about this. Oh, Carter's Nick oh, fandom no knows no bounds. It's bad, dude. It's really <laughs> bad, especially right now. Um, but, yeah, what, what are you expecting from Jamarco? I mean, I, I think we expect the freshmen to be able to, you know, kind of operate and you know, maybe correct to the mean and average a little bit in, in against uh, Loyola. I mean, 
Lord willing, all the power to them if they go out and just beat them by 40. But, you know, I, I think we know that's not uh, a realistic expectation. But, you know, for Jamarco, someone who's already kind of had his own highs and lows in the season, um, I think it'll be interesting for him, too, to kind of be able to be someone who picks up the team when the freshmen don't play super well. Oh, yeah. And I think that's going to be a bit of a maturation proce- process for him, as, like, too. Yeah. You know, he's never been that player who basically had to carry the load, yeah. I would say, like in his collegiate career. Like, obviously, he's had great games Even, last season, yeah. but he's never been that person because obviously we've had Marcus last year, who was a bona fide stud. Yeah, shout out to him getting his first points in the NBA. Absolutely. I wonder what he thinks of that whole mess in Golden State right now. Dude. <laughs> he is a bitch, though. Oh, we, we don't use that word anymore. It's a B word. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, a little bar- barstool sports shout out. Big okay. cat PFT commentator for all the part of my take listeners out there. Um, but yeah, you might you might not be able to call him a, the B word anymore if he dons the uh, blue and orange next season. Yeah, I know. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> It'd be really tough to root for him. No, actually, I'm fake as hell. That would be so easy. <laughs> for Katie on the You'd picks. see Carter rolling around the hilltop, 35, New York Knicks, biggest yeah. KD fan be, of all I'd time. Be like a KD Sonics jersey, acting like I've been there. Yes. Um, but yeah, so what, I mean, overall, how do you how do you think the game, and maybe just the Dominican Classic in general goes? We gotta win. Quite frankly, Carter, we gotta run the table until Syracuse. Like, no doubt about it in my mind. Even, even the SMU game? I think we gotta beat them. That's at home. So, I believe you know, so, yeah. I, I think, you know. Talent-wise, it's probably about a wash. Maybe we have a little advantage, but, you know. Hopefully, at least, uh, from the games we've been at, you know, the Capital One Arena hasn't been too crowded. So, you know, hopefully they're able to um, pack it, you know, get a get a faithful crowd there to cheer them on and, and help them win. Uh, oh, yeah. bro, 100%. See, the thing is, Georgetown, and this isn't a shot at Georgetown fans, like, the team has been difficult to root for in previous years, yeah. so we're they're a little cautious right now yeah. about whether they want to actually be committed in a relationship to this team. It, it really is like it's it's similar to that. Dan love Guru Ball. Oh, <laughs> believe me, man. <laughs> I'm I'm the living embodiment of Cupid. <laughs> but yeah, like right now, it's like the early feeling out stage of a relationship. Do I want to be fully committed? Yeah. Am I looking for one right now? Yeah, Do I have true. time to commit my heart? In my soul to this team, and quite frankly, oh, I'm all in. I'm all in. For all our female <laughs> listeners out there, he is ready to commit. <laughs> I, I, I'm, when I saw James Akinjo hit that end one, I was like, he stole my heart. Oh no! He stole it, and it's never coming back. <laughs> oh, oh no! I mean, granted, I loved James back in high school. I am as as big of a Mac McClung guy that yeah. Carter is. That is what James Akinjo is for me. I yeah. love this kid. Love his mentality. Yeah. I really yeah. But let me tell you something. Now that they see that this team isn't screwing around, if we have a big showing in the Jamaican Classic, I think attendance is going to start to go up. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, Mac will get the the virality and kind of the national like highlights on Twitter and Instagram. He's had one dunk every game, which has been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you know he might be him and Jesse might kind of be the entry points to the team in terms of how people find out about him. But I think the the scrappy players like the you know the Kinjos, the LeBlancs are like they're going to make the real basketball fans fall in love with them. Um, but you know I think for me at least I view the Illinois game as more of like a great hookup. Yeah, kind of like something that is really cool. But I I don't know how it's going to go, and I'm not expecting it to continue. Just because <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the pessimism. That I've been, that's been ingrained with me. Um, 
But, you know, I honestly, I, I want to see the team on the table, too. Um, I think something that's different this year uh, than last year is kind of the, the alpha mentality that mm-hmm. James and Mac have and, like, the desire to, like, step on people's throats when they play them. So I hope at least that that will help us a lot with closing games. I hope so, Because too. we were in so many close games last year as it is against really good teams that we fucking choked. Yeah. And a lot of that was due to, one, the ability to not be able to break the damn press consistently. Or hit free throws. Yes, that was my next point. We couldn't yeah. hit free throws con- like consistently. And right now, we have the solution to both of those. Yeah. And his is. name is James Akinjo, <laughs> a.k.a. The Joe Show, baby. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of optimism uh, for good reason. But at least for me, it, it has to be cautious because... You know, we're three games in. Uh, Illinois is a good team, not a great team. Um, and, if, and if we want Georgetown to be a great team, we can't compare them to Illinois. And that's, we, we that's the reason team. this is a track game for Georgetown. I'm very curious to see how they come out and what their mentality is. Yeah. Whether they're satisfied and they get a little conceited, or whether they show that uh, attitude. We understand it was a good win, but quite frankly, and, and it, Ewing said this immediately in the press conference afterwards. He's like, yeah, you know. Mac and James, they played great, but you see how many turnovers they had? That's unacceptable. Yeah. Absolutely unacceptable. And I, I, I love that. I though. love that, too. That's what you need to have as a coach when you look at it. We had 22 turnovers against Illinois. Yeah. You think we're going to beat Syracuse in the Dome, SMU at home, with 22 turnovers? No. Absolutely not. We also shot like 60% from the field. Yeah. That's not going to happen again. And we needed that because we couldn't take care of the ball consistently. Yeah. We look at it. Who are the primary culprits? James and Kinjo, as great as he played, yeah. as well as he played, as smooth as he played, five turnovers. Yeah. That's what Ewing said. Mac McClung, three turnovers. Jamarco Pickett, three turnovers. Trey Morning, five turnovers. I mean, that's inexcusable. <laughs> <laughs> Fam, what are you doing? LeBlanc, uh, yeah. two. Javon, two. And even even Jesse having none. Yeah. Like that's uh, the more touches he gets, it'll happen. The only two turnover. The only two players that played that didn't have any turnovers, Jesse and Caleb. Our two most uh, experienced yeah, players. Honestly, there's no coincidence there, I think. I also um, think it's interesting how little Caleb is getting played so far. Yeah, well, I think Greg's just making him irreplaceable. I mean, replaceable, because he's, in my opinion, a better shooter, defender, and athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> I do it's like so Caleb. Funny. I know, but it's so funny watching his younger brother just tear shit up at Kentucky. Oh, yeah. And you're like, wow, how is... How is there such a big gap in hey, time? Like, Look at me and my brother. He's infinitely yeah. more athletic than I am. <laughs> yeah, my brother made his uh, high school basketball team. I can't say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. Uh, the game is uh, tonight, for those listening to this, Friday the 16th at 730. It's on uh, CBS Sports Network uh, 7, excuse me. Um, and then the, our next game against uh, USF is on uh, Sunday at noon. It'll be a real matinee. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. It's clashing a little bit with uh, my classic uh, Sunday NFL Network games. Well, but the game started once. You'll get you'll get the first half in. Oh, no, I'm watching Georgetown. If it's close, yeah. Well, if it's close, you watch the second half. If it's not close, you watch football. Yeah, that's true. It's I mean, win-win. let me tell you something. One that's also a big win, the Jets have a bye this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest win. <laughs> Damn, man. My, I told you, my, my fanship is rescinded. I'm not I'm not going there. Yeah, we're, class, we're classic. Yeah. Uh, New York and Georgetown pain sports fans. Yeah, let's not do this. It's I'm brutal. Serious though. about the drink thing. It's brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. let me tell you something though, Carter. Like, 
looking forward to tonight. We have cautious optimism. Yeah. Reason to be positive. Yeah, absolutely. Reason to be expi- excited. It's not what else also great? Syracuse dropped the ball last night. Oh, dude. Did you see uh, Danny Hurley after oh, the game? Fucking I didn't. chest bumping there. Oh, my God. I'll show it to you after. But it was insane. He was, like, shouting in his face, like, chest bumping him, dapping up. I think it was the, the it was Jalen Adams, I think. Um, Adams had a great game. Yeah. And then he... Uh, <laughs> and then he, like, went stone cold and then shook uh, Beheim's hand. It was the funniest transition. I mean, he's – thank goodness for uh, – thank goodness for UConn for bringing him in. That gave us James Akinjo. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, for real. That's a win-win right there. Yeah, we're a dedicating this loss. season to Coach Kevin Ali. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rest in peace. R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Well, in you know, I think with that, you know, we're, we're going to be looking to keep up our lead atop the Big East with DePaul. Which is uh, <laughs> something that everyone saw happening. Of course, um, I mean credit you know, to us, we yeah. predicted that. Yeah, especially Villanova being third from last. Uh, yeah, credit to us, out. we said that Villanova was going to be st- like dumb bad this yeah. year. Yeah. We said those two national titles and the top overall seed in the tournament that in the in the between year we said they were flukes. Credit to us. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, before we're proven wrong, uh, now we have it on uh, an official recording. Oh, that of we course. Were right, so, you you know, know me. My no, matter top, what, no matter what happens now. It's just <laughs> I mean, it's clear Georgetown is by far, and away, the best team in the Big East. Quite frankly, arguably, the country. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> man, DePaul is really coming up, dude. Yeah, I, that Zion Williamson kid from Duke? Yes. Yeah, I mean, do you yeah, see let, let's, us? Let's watch Mac McClung. Right <laughs> yeah. now, right? Lock up, all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, um, you think Duke beat Kentucky by 35? You think, you know what we would do to Duke? <laughs> we, we, we'd beat Kentucky by 7. Like, <laughs> exactly. If he, if Caleb would uh, would break his brother's leg. Oh, <laughs> my God. Fuck, that was a little dark. Okay. That was dark. Well, that's, okay, so let, let, maybe... You meant his ankles. Uh, yeah, let's... Okay, ankles, yeah, sorry. Um, but, yeah, let's. I, I think that's a, that's a good note to end on. I think so, too. I mean... Congratulations to Carter. This was his first ever podcast. Yeah, I, I guess I'm hosting now, so I'll have to I'll have to figure out how to do more. Oh, absolutely! Time. Yeah, it was fun. Um, to all our fans out there, we just want to say thanks a ton for giving us a chance. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks a ton for giving us a chance. We appreciate it. This is something that I mean, basically every time Carter and I saw each other, Georgetown basketball is a natural conversation topic. So we figured, why not just turn our dumb conversations into a podcast yeah, and man. Gift, them, gift the world with them. Hot takes galore. Exactly. Uh, and I think the way this is set up, at least with the schedule, we'll probably be able to do this every week until uh, the season ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be home for winter break. We might, you know, do something over the phone there, but um, if you like what you heard, feel free to spread the word about it. We'll definitely be plugging the shit out and of it ourselves. If you're interested, um, again, we're still working on a title. Um, we have a couple ideas that we thought were interesting, but we want to hear from you guys, too. What yeah. do you think would be the best idea for us to dub this as? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, also, I th- we kind of ruled out um, the, you know, the two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> or Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, yeah, yeah. that's a great one. <laughs> but we, yeah. we couldn't figure out who would be Dumber. I mean, it might just be dumber and dumbest. <laughs> <laughs> We're just dumb and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it would be a be classic of us. <laughs> yeah, that would make a lot of we sense. Are, we are the butt of a lot of jokes among our friend groups. <laughs> hey, well, you know, someone's got to do the job. Exactly. And um, you, t- you do it with a smile. Too. But yeah, yeah. With that, uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. And we will see you on the next one. Hoya Saxa, folks. Mm-hmm.